Welcome back to another episode. My name is Benson Fexer, and I will be the host on the show this evening. Again, this is a bit of an unexpected uh, podcast that we're having this evening. Not our usual Saturday for our Bucko Booth listeners, but uh, we do have some Baseball Podcast Network news to announce, and that's why I'm so excited to be with you here. If you're on the East Coast, uh, it's now November, but if you're out West, it is still uh, October. So we have some very exciting news. As you know, the Baseball Podcast Network uh, our launch was announced <clears throat> on a Sunday evening, or going into Monday. And since then, we have announced FanCast with the Phillies and Pinstripe Talk with the Yankees. Now we didn't have launch podcasts with those uh, with those podcasts because the hosts were not able to uh, come on with us. But the Diamondbacks hosts, both of them actually, uh, were so kind enough to join me. So they'll be coming on in just about a minute here. But I've gotten to know them a little bit. They're absolutely fantastic guys. I'm sure they're going to have a great podcast. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it's the title of the podcast is going to be Rattle Up. We'll be talking all about Arizona Diamondbacks baseball, and they will be debuting on Thursday, January the 3rd. It will be on every Thursday. Um, the time, I'm not sure what they're going to set it at, but we will get all that info to you in more uh, just follow the at baseball podcast net Instagram page and the uh, Instagram account for our Diamondbacks host is at everything Dbacks. So we're gonna bring the guys on right now uh, so they can introduce themselves to you and we'll talk a little about what they have planned for Rattle Up come January. Welcome aboard, guys. How you doing this evening? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? Good, good. So. <clears throat> I uh, just wanted to talk about, you know, get our audience acclimated to who you guys are and what you guys have got planned uh, come January when you debut. Yeah, so my name is uh, my name is Blake, and I run the At Everything D-backs Instagram page. And I've been a pretty uh, avid Diamondbacks fan for a few uh, for a few years now, and uh, I'm really excited to uh, be on this podcast and be hosting with Chris. I think it's gonna be really good. Uh, really, really give you guys some really good Diamondbacks insight and interact with the fans a lot too. Yeah, and I'm Chris, and I've been a Diamondbacks fan for as long as I remember, and I'm excited to be on this podcast, and I'm ready to talk about the Diamondbacks every Thursday. Yeah, so it should be exciting come January. Now, um, on Bucko Booth, pretty much what we do uh, every Saturday is, for Bucko Booth listeners listening right now, we have you know our Player of the Week, uh, we go through our weekly awards, and we sort of break down the week that was Pirates baseball, look forward to the week ahead, you know, in the Aussies, and we'll talk trade targets, free agency. Uh, do you guys have anything specific like that planned for January, uh, like an idea of what you will be talking about? Well, yeah, I think we're going to do all of them, the game recap and all of the awards and everything, but I think we could also have, you know, a lot about the interactive side, so we could have Q and A and what you said about you know people calling in. I think I'll be able, that'll play a major role in it, and so people can get more involved and interact with the podcast more and give their insights too. Yeah, I don't really have anything for, to add on to it. For sure, and um, yeah, so pretty much, uh, as my listeners know, you can always call in. Uh, the call number will be posted. Uh, I believe you guys will post it as well, but it will always be on the Baseball Podcast Network. We'll 
put it on our story. We'll put it in our bio. So you all, guys will always be able to call in, rattle up, and talk with these guys. And that's why, really, the Baseball Podcast Network was started because, you know, the uh, national, I guess, media is dominated by, you know, the same couple of voices. I know in Pittsburgh, we know we got, like, the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette guys. You got Adam Barry, the beat reporter, and you sort of got the announcers. But really, there's not, like, the average fan that gets to have their input and their voice. And that's what we're doing at the Baseball Podcast Network. Chris and Blake are just regular Diamondbacks fans who love their team. I'm just a regular Pirates fan that loves my team. And what this allows us to do is talk about the teams that we love so much and that we care so much about. And not only that, it allows for people listening, you know, nationwide, international maybe, to call in and to put their voice in too because we're getting our voice out there, but we want to hear from you as well. And I assume that's what you guys will do with the uh, people from Phoenix or wherever they may be calling from. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In Phoenix, you always, you know, hear the, you know, the announcers, uh, Keeper Human, Rob Brenly, and you hear, you know, the radio guys like John Gamadoro, but you never hear from the average fan what the average fan has to say. Um, and I think, yeah, I think this will be a really good opportunity to get some word out of not only our opinions, but everyone else that uh, watches the show and supports it and asks questions and calls in For sure, and the one thing that I, I mentioned this on the our official launch podcast for the Baseball Podcast Network in general, but here's what I think is just so unique about the Baseball Podcast Network and what it is going to offer. So me personally, I am used to having my Pittsburgh Pirates, Pittsburgh audience, right? So, you know, the average Pirates fan from Pittsburgh, he wants to listen to a Pirates podcast, searches it up on Apple Podcasts or wherever he finds it. And he stumbles upon me. Most likely from Pittsburgh is where I get most of my listeners from. But with the Baseball Podcast Network, I mean, right now I'm in Pittsburgh. You guys are out in Arizona. It's a national audience, and it's a national discussion. So not only will we be, you know, getting listeners from our own areas, and it will hopefully be a concentrated listenership, but, you know, other guys that we have in the network, the other teams, the other hosts, and the you know, the fans of the other hosts, they can listen to, you know, Rattle Up and Rattle Up fans. You know, they can listen to FanCast and Pinstripe Talk. So it sort of is a collective group, and it brings a national base together while also having the local base being strong. Um, I don't know if you guys have any other thoughts on that, but that's just what I think is going to be so special about the network and what we're trying to do here. Yeah, exactly, because – you know, you can always look at box scores and game recaps and everything, but you never get the opinions of the average baseball fan like us if you live in a you know across the across the country. And what this allows, like you said, I can get opinions from Yankees fans and and Phillies fans, and the Phillies and Yankees fans can get uh, like opinions and insight from us. And that's that's really cool how it can connect the whole country um, into one podcast like this. Yes, and, the, and I keep mentioning back to our uh, launch, but I just want to bring it up because you guys weren't on it. Um, I don't believe we have anybody in the network currently that is in the NL West. You guys are actually as far west, I think, that we go. But so, like, uh, my Pirates podcast and, you know, um, the Cubs podcast that we're going to have or the Marlins podcast and the Phillies podcast, 
you know, they play each other 19 times a year. And, you know, the Pirates and the Diamondbacks, they play, I believe, at least six times a year. So let's say they play uh, one week or whatever, and, you know, I could come on, rattle up and talk, you know, preview the series, or you could come on Bucko Booth and talk Pirates, Pirates versus Diamondbacks. So it sort of just allows, you know, for a competitive banter almost, and they uh, – I guess friendly competition amongst the uh, the podcasts and their teams. Uh, so I know there isn't any other teams in the NOS that we have currently at the network, but you guys will end up playing uh, playing other teams from the network, and you know you can go on their podcast, they can come on yours. So it sort of just brings in not only just the uh, Phoenix viewpoint. But it also brings in, you know, the Pittsburgh viewpoint, the Philadelphia viewpoint, the New York viewpoint. So it sort of just brings it all in and takes a really big country and shrinks it down into something that's more manageable for not only, you know, the baseball fans following the certain teams, but just the average baseball fan in general that may, you know, have a fantasy player on one of these teams or just is interested in baseball in general. The Baseball Podcast Network will have something for everybody, and that is what I am so excited about. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, and I just have a quick question for you guys. So um, I asked this to my Marlins guys when they were on uh, the launch podcast, and we'll probably talk later about this. But sort of the baseball scene, because – I'm obviously – I've never been to Arizona. The furthest west I've ever been is Milwaukee. So if you could just give me and the guy, the audience listening sort of what is the Phoenix baseball scene like? Is it a good baseball town? How are the fans there? Uh, just to let everybody know. Of course. Phoenix and the whole uh, Phoenix metropolitan area, there's a huge baseball community because, of course, we have the Cactus League uh, for spring training and – you see a lot of Cubs fans there. You see a lot of um, Giants fans there. It's a, it's a huge baseball community, not only Diamondbacks fans. Actually, I would say the majority are either Dodgers or uh, uh, Giants or Cubs fans. You know, it, it really incorporates the whole MLB there. And, uh, it, there's a very passionate fan base. I think the attendance numbers were just skyrocketed last year from what they were before. And with, you know, all the new expansion that is, you know, resulting of the spring training, there, there's, a, there's a huge uh, talk about baseball and, and, you know, with the decline of the other major sports teams like the Cardinals and the Suns, you know, baseball is definitely on the rise in Arizona, and uh, people are getting really excited about it. Yeah, baseball has been on the rise in the past few years, especially with the Diamondbacks and how they did better the past few years than recently. For sure, for sure. So uh, one thing that I am a little bit interested about that you brought up spring training uh, I've been following the Arizona Fall League very closely and the Surprise Saguaros, who are uh, the Pirates affiliates. Um, the Pirates prospects play for the Surprise Saguaros. Uh, how is the, the Arizona Fall League scene down there? Is it big or or how is it? Um, well, I actually live out in the East Valley, so I don't really live near um, a lot of the teams, but um, I um, – it's, it's definitely a, a great way to showcase some of the newer prospects uh, all around the Valley. So you got some that are in Mesa, some that are in Upper Scottsdale, some that are uh, over in Surprise, and all around the Valley. And it lets you showcase all these new prospects, which I think it doesn't only show you the major level, but it shows you 
the minor league level, and it, as, although it's obviously not as big as spring training, I think it's still a really, really cool showcase of some of these new and up- upcoming guys as opposed to just the regular major league guys you always see. Like, they're the we got to see, we got to see the uh, the Diamondbacks top prospect, uh, John Duplantier. He he was uh, throwing pretty well during the fall league, and that lets some people come out and see how he's playing, you know, before he makes his major league debut. Yeah, the um, fall league isn't very big here, but maybe our podcast and the network can bring some more light to it, and we could see our prospects while they're um, developing. Yeah, and what I've done, uh, my Baku Booth listeners probably know this, but at Bucks Dugout, my uh, Pirates fan page, you know, I cover the surprise Saguaros uh, as if they are the Pittsburgh Pirates. And, Blake, I just have a quick question. Can you pronounce the the Saguaros, the city that they play in? Um, the surprise Saguaros? Is it surprise? Okay, I, I just wanted to make sure I was pronouncing that right. Yeah. Surprise yeah. Saguaros. Okay. Well, th- thanks for that clarity. Um, What else? So, as you said, the, the Phoenix baseball community is growing. We have the Arizona Fall League, the Cactus League that is down there, and obviously just the Diamondbacks in general. Uh. There have been rumblings, however, about a potential, you know, tear down, rebuild. Do you think that will happen? Uh, and what does the offseason really hold from now until January for the Arizona Diamondbacks? Yeah, well, well, I think they're. Oh, go ahead, Chris. Um, I think they're going to rebuild, but I don't know if it's going to be a complete tear down this season because of big contracts that they're talking about trading, like Granky, that I don't think anyone else would want to take on. So I think they're going to rebuild, but it's not going to be complete this season. Yes. I don't, I do think a uh, total rebuild is coming eventually, not in the immediate future. And I'm saying that because the Diamondbacks still do have a strong core, even if you lose Patrick Gorgon and Easy Falk, you still have arguably the best first baseman in in baseball and Paul Goldschmidt and you, you just re-signed Eduardo Escobar and you have a strong starting rotation. If they could just, you know, address the bullpen, I think they could be a competitive team and maybe, maybe, you know, be a fringe posting, uh, fringe postseason contender. So I don't think it's worth it right now to uh, uh, strip down the entire organ, uh, the entire major league level. Um, especially because a lot of the, uh, the prospects are in, you know, the lower levels of minor leagues. So, you want to be competitive for a, a few more years and then start the rebuild once those prospects, you know, are closer to the major leagues. Yeah, so the question really I don't think is um, will the Diamondbacks rebuild, but do you think they should rebuild for the long term or do you think they should just say, you know, screw the minor league system, we want to go for it and we want to win in 2019? Um, well, Again, I don't think the Diamondbacks are equipped to win it all in 2019. You saw, I mean, well, I don't know if you saw, but as Diamondbacks fan, there were so many holes in the team, and it mainly came with, you know, um, the bullpen and, you know, some offensive struggles, and maybe that can fix itself a little bit with um, with uh, the new uh, hitting coach hiring. But, again, I, uh, I still think they'll be competitive this year. I don't think they should do a rebuild. Um, I still think they should be competitive, but I wouldn't go all out and, you know, 
screwed and just, you know, say whatever to the Viterly system. I think it's still a big part of it. So I believe that it depends on what they who they can re sign this off season because I don't think their pitching core is near strong enough to do much without Corbin and their just hitting is not would be strong enough if they don't re sign Pollock. Well then again, so, you Well, real quick, you, again, the expectations coming into 2017, the, a couple years ago when the Diamondbacks actually did make the playoffs, it was basically none before the Diamondbacks were absolutely And that season, they just jumped out of the gate and they surprised everyone. So maybe, you know, you don't – it might look like there's some holes, but, you know, any team can be competitive with the right, you know, mindset and coaching and, you know, clubhouse environment. So you never know. Yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking off the top of my head. Um, the Diamondbacks hashtag in 2017, because you were talking about that, um, was sort of a joke. Not really. It was a joke around the baseball circles, like, uh, this is my season. What do you think the hashtag will be in 2019? Uh, well, the hashtag in 2017 was, yeah, it's hashtag our season, which that didn't, you know, completely uh, work out. The hashtag this year was Generation D-back. Um I really don't know what this uh, this next year will be. It might have to do something with uh, again that generational thing. I remember Phoenix is doing the the whole uh, the whole timeline hashtag. I don't know if they're still doing that, but you know this uh, pro- this farm system is starting to be on the rise. So uh, there's there's a possibility that it could be be centered around that, but it's still up in the air. Yeah, I don't really know what their um, hashtag might be for this next season. Okay, and so between now and January 1st, what is, like, the uh, the number one free agent that you guys want to see the Diamondbacks on, or number one trade you want to see the Diamondbacks make? Um, I definitely want them to uh, trade Zach Greinke, and, I, and I'm just saying that because he, if we're going to be competitive if in the next uh, three or so years, we have to trade his contract, and you know that will be a huge blow to the team because he is, you know, that ace and he's that solid guy at the top of the rotation. But thirty million dollars a year for a guy who can barely reach ninety miles an hour and has been, you know, has been kind of struggling uh, this past season. Um, I don't think that's you know worth paying him. So I don't know if any teams would be able to take him on. I think there's been some talk last year. There was some talk with the Rangers, and maybe I think this year there was some talk with the Angels or some teams like that, but. If if they could get that trade done, I, I think that would be a really good move, just financially. Um, I would like to see them re-sign Corbin or Pollock because I feel like since they've been with the team for a few years, that'd be a good boost for the team, momentum-wise, and how they're um, I don't know how to say it, their like dugout mentality. I don't know. But I feel exactly. like that would help them. Exactly, because mm-hmm. especially I, I, I'm pretty sure Corbin is going to Yankees. I think it's already set in stone right now. But you know, uh, Pollock has been a great center fielder, and he is very solid on defense. He pretty much never makes errors. And the thing is, if you don't have Pollock in center field, I mean, you could either you put Gerard Dyson, but you know he's not very good with the bat. He's just really fast, and um, you can put. Some guys, maybe like Socrates Frito and Chris Owings, but 
you're not going to have that good guy in center field unless they do something really weird like move move uh, Stephen Souza to center field. But you know, you know, you don't have anyone in center field. So I think that's a big uh, that's a big uh, topic going into the off season. What are they going to do with that center field position? Are they going to go to the guys we already have, or are we going to re-sign Pollock, or are we going to get someone else? Yeah, so it, the Diamondbacks are an interesting organization to me because right now, personally, just from the outsider's perspective, they're sort of in baseball limbo. You know, they there's rumblings of we need to tear it down, we need to rebuild this. There's also the mindset, hey, we have a good core, uh, let's go for it in 2019. Um, and the most dangerous place for any baseball team is in that middle spot. And quite honestly, again, just from out, an outsider's perspective, the Diamondbacks have sort of been in that spot for the majority of my, uh, you know, baseball watching uh, lifetime. Do you think that the Diamondbacks, over the course of let's say the next five years, will pick a true direction, or do you think they will still be in the limbo mode? We might be good enough to compete for World Series, but we might need to rebuild at some point. What are your thoughts on that? Well, um, our general manager, Mike Hazen, he has always ma- uh, been making moves to get the team more competitive, um, um, especially, you know, in the past couple of years when he, when he took over from Boston. And, uh, of course, Mike Hazen, uh, he used to be a part of the Boston front office, and he was uh, key in, in uh, kind of assembling their championship roster or laying the foundation for that. So I think – you know, I don't think Hazen is the type of guy to just do a complete uh, teardown. But, you know, I, I think every every move he makes has a purpose. And um, so I still think he, he knows some ways to, to make the roster not look as good but still be a competitive team. So I don't see them taking a clear direction. I don't see them, you know, doing something like that the Marlins are doing, just trading away their entire like, outfield and, and everyone. But um, – I also don't see them trying, you know, just going all out and just getting a bunch of players. Um, kind of like what the Angels did last offseason. They uh, made a few uh, big acquisitions. Um, so I, I still think they're going to be in that gray zone. Uh, and, unless something shifts, like they have like a 100-win season next year, which I highly doubt, or they're, they're just complete, you know, bottom of the league. And, they, and, and rebuild is the only, thing, only possible thing that can make sense. Yeah, I feel like what they do this off season will decide their direction for the next five years, or they do this this season in general, because I don't think they're ready to choose the direction yet. Exactly, and what they also could do is just you know start the 2019 season with the mindset that they're going to compete and try to go for the playoffs, and if that doesn't work, then you still have the trade deadline where you could you know, start a little teardown during the season and then, you know, carry that out um, into the off season. Because if you're not, if you have a, you know, a not so great record in the half, uh, middle half of the season, you can just, you you can decide to trade some of your ha- uh, high players away and maybe even trade goalie for, and that would be a very big prospect return for uh, first baseman like that. For sure. And cause I was just thinking because, Last year, that was the big deal with Pirates fans. You know, when they traded away Andrew McCutcheon and Garrett Cole, the organization was very clear. They still intended to compete in 2018, which they did 
surpass expectations, although they did not reach their ultimate goal. They, it was a bit of a retool year, but the direction seems more clear now for the team. And I I think that the Diamondbacks, um, I don't know their farm system all that well, but I hope to get to know it better over the next uh, coming months as you guys get ready for your podcast in January. But it's it's been a great time talking with you about the team, the direction of where they're going, and just the whole podcast in general. I'm going to give each of you uh, 60 seconds uh, to just sort of sum up everything you want our audience to know about Rattle Up and what you will bring to the table and really just what you are all about. So, Blake, you can start with uh, your 60 seconds. All right. So I think Rattle Up is going to be a really good insight, especially during the first few months of the podcast where there's going to be a lot of stuff about uh, spring training and everything because uh, – because I'm centered in the Valley and I'm, you know, connected to a lot of this uh, spring training, um, like all this, uh, all the teams that are in the Western side of the country. And I think that'll be a really good way to just get a lot of baseball insight, just connected all throughout major league baseball. And I think rattle up is a great way um, to bring you guys some really interesting insight because said we're not in, we're sort of in that gray area between making the playoffs and uh, rebuilding. And it's going to be a really interesting ride, and I think that this podcast will be a really good way to have you guys interact and share your own opinions because the Diamondbacks are one of the most interesting teams in the majors, in the majors right now. All right, Chris, you're up for 60. Uh, I feel like Rattle Up with um, Blake and I would will be really great for the fans to interact and just hear what some – everyday fans, or not everyday fans, but fans like everyone else, uh, the Diamondbacks, have to say and what we think about our team. For sure, for sure. And we we have about uh, three and a half minutes left here, so we'll, we'll talk for a couple more. But uh, if you're out on the East Coast like me, uh, it's nearing the 12.30 a.m. hour, um, and you guys are – what time is it out there? Is it uh, 9.30 there? Yeah, it's about nine thirty. Yeah, so the the good thing for uh, us anyway is that uh, we're getting our clocks uh, switched back at two a.m. on Saturday, so we'll be a little bit closer to to you guys um, come Sunday. So yeah, you'll be two only two hours. Yeah, I found that in, I found that interesting too because like. I was reading something, uh, you know, that, like, Arizona is one of the only – I think the only state that doesn't switch her clocks because of some desert thing. Is that true? Uh, yeah, it's us and Hawaii yeah. don't, don't use daylight savings time. And Hawaii is because they don't have any seasons because they're in, at the equator. And Arizona is because they have – there's just way too much sun. And anyone any, – there's, no, there's pretty much no people in Arizona that say they want to have more summer uh, sun time in the summer because it's about 115 degrees here. Uh, in, during the summertime, so yeah, the every other state besides us in Hawaii shift their clocks forward um, an hour during the during the summer part of the year. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that because like when the Pirates would go to uh, Arizona to play, like even like they'd have the roof closed um, if it was above a certain temperature. So I found that a little bit off. Also, one one question. How has the uh, the humidor 
like how big of a difference was it? Because I know when Pittsburgh was in Phoenix, it felt like a big difference in how the ball traveled. How big of a difference was that this past season? Um, I feel like when I was watching the games, balls would go off the bat, and that I feel like the humidor just made a lot of balls die before they could do much. So I think it had a pretty big impact on the play at Chase Field. Yeah, same, because um, Phoenix is at about an elevation of about 1,200 feet, which can have some impact on the ball. And I heard the Diamondbacks uh, commentators say that the humidor has about a 3% uh, decrease of size, which doesn't sound like a lot, but a 400-foot ball, that's, you know, that's like uh, – 10 plus feet and that could make a big difference. I remember I was there on opening day and it was the bottom of the first inning and Jake Lamb looked like he hit like a no doubt grand slam, but the humidor just barely kept it in and it ended up only being a double. And, you know, it makes, um, it does make the ball die a little bit, but also, you know, I think Chase Field has been considered a hitter's park. So maybe they're trying to balance that out with the hitting. Yeah, for sure. It's been great talking to you guys this evening. I, Cannot wait for uh, Thursday, January 3rd uh, to start getting to work on Rattle Up. Uh, have a great night, and uh, we'll talk soon. All right, you too. Thank yeah. you. You too. Thank you. All right, this is going to wrap it up for this uh, special, I guess we can call it a bucket booth episode, right? Anyway, we'll see you guys uh, maybe tomorrow night for another special announcement. But no matter what, we'll be here Saturday noon covering Pirates baseball on Bucket Booth. Until then, let's go Bucks and have a safe week, everybody. Good night.